Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Spencer Haywood, Paul Arizon, Joey Devine, Randy Smith, Adrian Smith, Sean Keen, Bill Sharman. Ralph Sampson Musical guest, the String Cheese Incident And now, the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of Round Ball Rock And we are here with your all-star break edition of Round Ball Rock Yes, that's true the guys may be taking a vacation now, but Round Ball Rock never sleeps. Nope. We're Sean, on the, the Thibodeau podcast. <laughs> Sean, how are you today? I'm good. How was your All-Star weekend? Oh, it was amazing. It was just great to reconnect with all the players, all my friends. Since we're in L.A. <laughs> and the All-Stars were in L.A., we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, uh, we saw too much Jimmy Butler, I'm going to say. Yeah, I saw. It's like, Spencer... leave my house, man. <laughs> I saw Spencer Dinwiddie at Trader Joe's. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I ran into Dwayne Casey in line at the ArcLight Theater. That was pretty exciting. Oh, what was he seeing? Uh, you know, weirdly, he was. Uh, he he kept telling everybody he was not going to see Black Panther. So I guess hmm. he was seeing um, Fifty Shades of, of Thieves. Freed is that what oh. it's called? Uh, I don't. Yes. The th- the third I assumed one. I I would have assumed he was a Den of Thieves man. No, uh, you know he 
I guess he likes erotic fare. <laughs> he likes a little adult stuff. Oh, and what was really awesome was uh, LaMarcus Aldridge was at the La Brea Tar Pits. But he oh, yeah, was he? He was just standing next to the bubbling tar with his arms folded, scowling. So, mm. I mean, that was weird, but kind of cool to see him, you know? Yeah, that is wild. Weird, wild stuff. All yeah, right. and um, also, the other thing that was weird was uh, I saw J.J. Reddick, and he was actually picketing the Holocaust Museum, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, that guy's a bigot. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should probably just briefly mention, I don't want to get into the story, but J.J. Reddick is this week's loser of the Wokoff. <laughs> he is. That's, yeah, he said a racial slur, said that he was stammering. I mean, it feels like a lot of people failed, not just J.J. Reddick. But to be clear, J.J. Reddick failed. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, First thing before we get into our show, I just want to say, I haven't asked this in a while. Uh Uh, Listeners, round ball what the fuckers out there. If you haven't reviewed our show, please do so. It helps. iTunes, whatever. Apple uh, Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Uh, whatever. Stitcher. Slash yeah. <laughs> top pods. Slash uh, round pod. <laughs> slash rock. Uh, also, if you know how to get us on Spotify, we'd like to be on Spotify probably. That seems like a thing pods are doing now. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway... Just uh, help support me and Sean, because our lives are sad without you. All right. Tell um, your friends. Tell your dads. I think, I think yeah. this is a dad-friendly pod. Maybe. <laughs> Depends on who your dad is. I, yeah. I actually do not believe either of our dads listen. No, my dad's not a big basketball guy. My dad is a basketball guy, but I'm not sure he knows how to listen to a podcast. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, he d- he just dis- he has also, no online presence. <laughs> also, follow us on Twitter at Round Rock Pod. Mm-hmm. You can also email us at roundrockpod at gmail dot com. Yeah, uh, you know who emailed us, Sean? Who's that? Two listeners. Bam, bam, One. Bam. Yeah. Uh, let's hear that robot. Let's hear that reader mail drop. This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail. Communications from listeners. Why do we call it Reader Mail? It is confusing for robots. Um, alright, our first question, Sean, is from Adam Tory. Very good listener. Great listener. He's reviewed. He's reviewed the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, quote, Let's say... When the Warriors win the title this year, first off, Adam, if, if the Warriors win the title this year, Adam Silver is forced to break up the starting five to even out the pod. Oh, sorry, to even out the playing field. He calls you guys because he listens to the pod. True fact. Uh, He knows of your dedication to the Golden State boys, that that you genuinely care about their well-being, and that you want to see them thrive in their ideal settings. Uh-huh. None of them can go to the same team. Okay. What is the best match for each of them? Ooh, this is a great question. So let's start uh, with... He wants to know the starting five, so let's go big to small. 
So let's start. Where so does Zaza Pachulia Zaza. go? Yeah. <laughs> well, Zaza needs to be on a team that needs a physical presence. For um, five minutes a game. <laughs> the first five to six minutes of each half, he's given you a lot. Uh, screens, mm-hmm. a little bit of passing. Um, I know where Zaza needs to go. Where do you think? Zaza needs to go to the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, they'd love him there, right? Yeah. He won't start, probably, but I think he could maybe take Nurk's starting spot yeah. if he really went for it. Uh, but I just think as a secondary center, he'd be he'd be good for them. I think he needs to go to the San Antonio Spurs. And the reason is that he's going to get Kawhi Leonard back on the court. Because, <laughs> right? I like, like you start playing, the... or Zaza's going to break your ankle again. <laughs> I would have thought that was the one place he couldn't go. No, no, no. That's um, the place he does go. <laughs> Usually, um, you think of this guy as an enforcer for someone else. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Usually, you think nope. of him as a enforcer for someone else, but he's he's a self enforcer. <laughs> also, I think that he and Pop would get along well. Actually, like the he like if there's ever going to be a wine industry in the Republic of Georgia, it'll be because of this. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. All right, so our next person is Draymond Green. Where should Draymond Green go, Sean? Draymond should go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh. That is a pretty good match, I think. Now that Carl Anthony Towns is playing defense, uh they they don't have a great four. Uh they can use... Taj has been pretty good this year. Yeah. I he's no, I mean Taj Gibson's good. I just I think you add that element of shooting and passing to their team. Mm-hmm. Uh plus I think it's good to have a strong personality that can stand up to Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think he'd be a nice fit in a lot of ways for that team. Uh, you know where I'm sending Draymond Green? Where's that? To the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, baby. Be- because I think he is the one person... Who would openly fight with LeVar Ball in in the media, on his podcast. Physically? Do you think he'd do it physically? No. I don't think so. I think but it, the war of words would be fire. I think uh, a- also I think he and Lonzo would play really well together. Oh, interesting. Well, they could use some D on that team for sure. I just hope he doesn't block Julius Randle. That's all. I mean, he definitely would be blocking Julius Randle. Yeah. But he'd be playing the five in clutch time, clutch time, crunch time. Yeah, but you'd have Kuz, you'd have, you'd go Draymond, Kuzma, Ingram, mm-hmm. Isaiah, Lonzo. <laughs> Are you assuming that Isaiah Thomas is going to be a Laker next year? Uh... I mean, for this, I, I guess I, I guess this question is for next year. So uh, I do think who, Isaiah Thomas is going to go somewhere very cheap for very cheap next summer. 
Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do Clay next. Okay. Clay, this is where this is a this is a treat for Clay, I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think I think it actually kind of involves a position change, which is a little controversial, but I think he'd be great. I want Clay to go to the Denver Nuggets. Ooh, I like that. Shooting, I feel like personality-wise, he's a great fit with Jokic. A lot of weed. A lot, lot of weed. Just legal weed <laughs> all the time. Uh, it's easier to shoot three-pointers at altitude. Uh, I think they got to push him down to the three. Yeah. I think he can definitely guard pretty much any threes. Like, he can play post-defense. Uh, I think that's a really exciting team. And uh, mainly, but also the weed, like the weed, weed <laughs> hiking. He likes hiking. Um, yeah, I uh, think it would just be great. Also, um, China clay is great. Regular clay is great. But imagine if you have the element of snow added to clay mm-hmm. to since Instagram and social media. I think it's a slam dunk. Uh, I. And actually, I thought about it, and I think I'm sending him. I I like I like Clay in Denver. You know where I like him more? The, the New York Knickerbockers, oh, baby. baby. Uh, he loves scaffolding. Uh, That's I true. love Clay, and I love Clay Thompson so much. I really just think he could be. Like a massive star. Uh, and I think the bright lights of the Mecca could do that for our man, our, our man Clay. I don't think they, I don't uh, think it's going to phase him either. No. He's Nothing just, phases him. No. The media is not going to bother him because I don't think he's reading a lot. No. At least but he'll not. say a lot of funny things. Yeah. Uh, we'd get Clay in some weird commercials, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spike Lee would love him. He would know. And in a year and a half, when Kristaps is back, Kristaps, mm-hmm. Clay, and whatever top ten lottery pick they have, and mm-hmm. Frank, Frank, whew, it's pretty good. It's a fun team. It's definitely yeah. a really fun team. Uh, I would say my backup choice would be the Shanghai Sharks. Yeah, that was also my... I almost sent him to China. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Let's do Kevin Durant, baby. Kevin Durant. Um, you know, I think this team is going to have a hole at the three next year. Uh, I think they could really use him. I think I'm going to send him to the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> Sign and trade for Paul George. Who, you know, basically, Oakland think... is almost as close to Los Angeles, uh, as almost as close to Palmdale as Los Angeles is. So look, I don't want I don't I don't want Paul George on the on the Warriors, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, on um, this stripped Warriors team. Yeah, I that's don't want now Paul George be starting here. like Patrick McCaw, Jordan Bell. Yeah. Uh Damian Jones. <laughs> but I just think it would be so funny to watch all those Oklahoma City fans just completely reverse themselves. Oh, like, oh, he's coming home. He's a hero. We loved him the whole time. 
Someone else said that stuff about cupcakes. <laughs> um, I'm I am sending Kevin Durant personally to the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, that's I, a, that's a fun front court. Uh, sorry, Jabari Parker, you'll have to get paid somewhere else. Oakland, baby, <laughs> he could be the new Harrison Barnes. <laughs> um, all right, finally. And it pains me to even think this. Think think uh, about this. Steph Curry. Because uh, I want this man in my life for the rest of my days. Yes, yes. Uh, Stephen Curry. Sean, where are you sending Stephen Curry? He's weirdly kind of a difficult... Oh, I, kn- it's, I know it's where di- I'm It's a difficult match for me. Oh, go ahead. I'm sending him to Philly, baby. To Philly? Yeah. Oof. I think uh, I think you just you throw him in that mix. I think the guys are gonna love him. Um, Marco Fultz can take as much time as he wants to recover. <laughs> uh, you got to get JJ Redick out of there, man. That's not <laughs> well. He's only on a one-year deal, so don't worry. That's good. That's good. You re-sign Bellinelli. That's what you want. Your Curry Bellinelli, uh, the 2010 backcourt that should have been. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was AC Law the fourth and Monte Ellis ultimately. But uh, yeah, I want to see. I want to see him at Philly. I like if Curry can't be in Oakland. I think he's. I, I like seeing him in. Uh, you know, a tough city. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Part of me wants to send him home. But I don't want him anywhere near Dwight Howard. Or Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) So he comes to the Hornets and then suddenly it's like, oh, my God, he started really wagering a lot of money on that golf stuff. Also, think of how Steph Curry dresses right now. Mm -hmm. Then add the fashion influence of Michael Jordan. Like, <laughs> Steph Curry already doesn't wear clothes that fit him at all. And then you're just going to add a, a distressing amount of distressed denim. I think I'm going to send... This is a weird place to send him. Uh, but there's a lot of talent there. Well, there's one talented guy there. Uh, they're struggling as a market. They could use another giant, giant star. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to send him to the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, that's fun. Uh, I think he and Aisha will enjoy the food and the culture there. That's true. Uh, I think once Boogie comes back, he, Boogie, and Anthony Davis, and Drew Holiday at the two. Mm-hmm. That's an actual basketball team for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I just kind of like the symmetry of having the modern day Pistol Pete oh, in Pistol great. Pete City. Well, and it would be like it would be like reparations for the Warriors taking Baron Davis. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I also like the idea that the Pelicans. I would have somehow... assumed the reparations for that were Chris Paul, but uh, fair, I guess. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, it would be incredible if the New Orleans Pelicans had four max players. <laughs> 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 like, 
like the rest of the team is like literally guys from the street. Not like <laughs> not like guys from an urban area, but like literally people they found on the street outside the Smoothie King Arena. <laughs> well, I mean, they'd re-sign uh, Miritich, right? They have his bird rights. Oh, yeah, so he's the third guy. <laughs> well, also, uh, yeah. you can, you guarantee you're like, Steph Curry's never going to punch anyone. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Adam also said at the end of his email after asking that question, also, in this scenario, the Warriors now have enough cap space to sign LeBron to pair him with Swaggy P and JaVale. Well, that's a win uh, all around. Yeah. He'd say he'd take a meeting. Uh, the other thing I would do is I would send Andre Iguodala to Phoenix, and I'd make him the player coach. <laughs> and he can coach John Wall when they trade for him in the See, season. If I had to, if I had to send Andre Iguodala somewhere, mm-hmm. I'd send him back to Denver. Oh, I don't think he liked it there. <laughs> I think he'd like it there now. Well, Mike Malone's Mike Malone's not George Carl. I guess it's. I guess he was worried about having an old racist as his coach. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he. I think he and Jokic would get along. Jamal Murray. I think it's. Uh, the Nuggets are not unlike the team he left the Nuggets to join. I feel like. I guess so. I just. <laughs> He's not really a weed guy, I wouldn't say. He's also no. never had alcohol in his life. Right. Yeah. Maybe maybe he should go to the jazz. That'll <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> um all right. Uh Adam also had another observation. He did. He said, "Quote, just finished watching the 76ers beat Miami." Marco Bellinelli has the cutest presence in the league, even more so now that Rubio has gone all slicked, slicked back emo in Utah. It's true. We we do have basically this. This would be evil Ricky Rubio in a Star Trek context, right? Rick, Ricky this Rubio. Looks... He, here's what Ricky Rubio to me mm-hmm. looks like: Jake Gyllenhaal, like that. You don't know he's like. Uh, doing, like, a weird role. So you just see a picture of him in Us Weekly, and it's like, what is up with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. And then you see a trailer six months later, and he's, like, playing, like, a weird, uh, like, coked-up undercover cop who's, like, gone too deep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and he... The weird thing is that it's not, like, a totally... He kind of looks like a rebellious Mormon, like a Buck Mormon, the kind of guy you see like at a casino in Wendover, Nevada, right across the state line, like hoping nobody sees him drinking and gambling. But that's his rebellion, (laughs) his his tats and long hair. Yeah. Still loving, though. Still Still loving. No, no, it's just he... You know, this is what happens after you have a breakup. You 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 change your look a lot. He's playing. He's playing great. Yeah. Um. So maybe he needed that edge. Maybe that's, you know, little Ricky's all grown up. 
<laughs> yeah, he's Richard Rubio now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Dick Rubio. <laughs> um, oh. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Margaret uh, Bellinelli here's... is adorable, and uh, when J.J. Reddick is given his release in the next week, <laughs> uh, he'll be in the starting lineup. Uh, his tattoos, though, Marco Bellinelli has some real bad tattoos. But they are, like, adorably bad. Yes. They're, like, cartoons on his back. Um, like, it's, like, boxing gloves and, like, a Sparta helmet. <laughs> They're really weird. <laughs> Do you think Ricky Rubio has ever put on boxing gloves? I uh, No, these are Marco Bellinelli's Oh, Marco Bellinelli's. Tattoos. Oh, they're yeah. so weird. That's right. Yeah, they have really, he has really weird bad tattoos. Um, uh, yeah. They feel foreign, his tattoos. <laughs> they feel like... It, <laughs> in a way, like when you... Ow, sorry, my cat just took a swipe at me as I walked by. Oh my God. Um, yeah, they're weird tattoos. They feel foreign in a way like you're watching a... Like a, a coming-of-age movie... That was written by someone who, like, English is their second language. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, like he <laughs> described a tattoo that he'd seen in, like, a dream, and it got yeah. translated. <laughs> we'll post some pictures of Marco Bellinelli's uh, tattoos on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. From our, we, we took a long time on Adam's question. All right. From Jeff Cleary. SF Jeff, our most avid list, uh, writer in her. Uh, that's not the, how you say that. But anyway, uh, quote, in his eight NBA seasons, Isaiah Thomas is now on his fifth team. Knowing that the Lakers won't sign him when his contract is up, that means he'll most probably be on his sixth NBA team next year. How many NBA teams will Isaiah Thomas play for by the time he retires? Well... I'm going to say nine. <laughs> really? Because I am saying I don't think his career is going to be that much longer at this rate. Uh, so I'll say eight. <laughs> no, seven. I'm going to go seven. So only two more teams. Yeah. I think he will end up signing a one-year deal in the offseason. Um, and then it, he's going to – you know, the thing is – Someone like Aaron Brooks is still in the league. Yes. But Aaron Brooks does not, like, shit-talk his team to the media yeah, the every problem, chance he gets. Well, he also has, like, a couple coaches that really like him. Yeah. So, I think Kevin McHale and Tom Thibodeau both really like him. Yes. So, that helps. But, yeah, uh, Isaiah, like, maybe... Remember when... Stephon Marbury was on the Garnett Celtics for a really brief period of uh -huh. time. I could see a couple of those happening. But yeah, I I'm, think... I'm going to predict that he is traded again within the next... I'm going to say he signs a one-year deal in the offseason and then is traded by the next team he goes on. I think he's getting that one-year deal from the Lakers, too, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Um, like when they realize that no free agents come, they're just like, oh, let's just give Isaiah Thomas $10 million for we'll, this year. We'll push this cap space to Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the, 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 the story of Isaiah Thomas is much sadder than it probably should be. Um, but just remember, when you're a pizza guy, mm-hmm. you're always a pizza you're guy, Isaiah. Pizza so. So that's yeah. one thing to hold on to. <laughs> Look, I would love to see the Kings sign him this offseason. Why not? Ooh, I don't know about <laughs> that. <laughs> All right, our last, our last letter from Trey Cool X. Uh, quote, hey, gang, here's a letter from my favorite podcast posse. Since Kobe is now producing and hosting an ESPN show based on basketball analysis, what other NBA greats slash middling players should have their own show? Also, based on the players' personalities, what kinds of shows would they host? Keep things lit, fam. <laughs> always, Trey Cool X. Things are always lit here at Round Ball Rocks. Um, well, look, well, let's... obviously we want to renew Charles Barkley's series on race relations. Yeah, I... Ta- he, he... <laughs> Did you say he's the, the James Baldwin of the NBA? I think, clearly, after what happened... During the election, he did not solve race uh, relations in this country whatsoever. Yeah. He maybe made them worse. So keep, uh, keep at know, it, Chuck. Maybe if Ernie Johnson had voted for Hillary instead of writing in John Kasich, we wouldn't be. Oh, here. fuck. God damn it. Never forget. <laughs> um, all right. I would, I, like, think... I would like to see Kevin Love doing uh just a show about like i mean i guess i guess it would be i want a kevin love reality show ideally it's it i would like to see it you want to see him rehabbing like 18 episodes a year (laughs) rehabbing and also like producing a band okay like the family tradition i want to see him like (laughs) In the studio, like kind of what what Frankie Muniz seems to be doing with that band, <laughs> and then like half the show is just him, like pulling on rubber bands attached to the wall, telling stories about growing up in Oregon. Okay, I want to see. Do you remember that show, Dirty Jobs? Yeah, yeah, where that guy uh, was real arrogant about like, yeah, oh, look at this trash job. This guy has. I, I want to reboot Dirty Jobs, uh-huh. with, but make it a two-hander mm-hmm. with Rashid Wallace okay. and Tony Allen. Like grit and grime. grime yeah, but kinda. but also like Rashid Wallace is just there. Like Tony Tony Allen does the job, uh-huh. but Rashid Wallace is just there to like clown on him the whole yeah, time. Yeah, and he does not do a lot of work. No, he does no work. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That that's a good show. I would also yeah, like to see. So. Uh, you want to make that one a two hander? I'm I'm taking a two hander and making it a one hander. Kyrie Irving's MythBusters, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's not a lot of work. It's mainly like going on Instagram and then just free associating, talking about whatever's on your mind. And all the episodes are like chemtrails myth or not and he's like conspiracy everything's actually a conspiracy. <laughs> um 
All right. The, all good shows. I would watch all those shows. Um, I'll tell you what show I wouldn't watch, though. What's that? Uh, Road Trippin' with RJ and Channing, the <laughs> show. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't... All right. We should talk about All-Star Weekend, I think. Yeah. Do you um, to, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about... A crime occurred in Los Angeles this weekend, Sean. Yes. An all-star related crime mm-hmm. that is not getting enough play. Uh, it feels like we discovered, like, a murder here, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Crystal, Sean, Enemy hosted... of the podcast, Billy Crystal. <laughs> Enemy, Frenemy? but also... Frenemy of the podcast? <laughs> Enemy, but also subject. Yeah. <laughs> like... He's kind of like our, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Serial, Sean, mm-hmm. the po- the podcast Serial. So he's. Do the, you remember the? He's the boyfriend who worked at Circuit City of this podcast. Oh, you think he's he's uh, that guy? I thought you thought <laughs> yeah. he was the Odnon of. The no, 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 because he he's never going to appear on this podcast. The Odnon of this podcast is Mike Malloy. Oh, that. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, clearly, you know what? The Adnan is Dave Schilling. What am oh I talking God. about? Where we're always um, talking to him on the phone. Yeah. He's uh, in a sometimes he, he, he appears sporadically. Um, but yeah, Billy Crystal is the ex-boyfriend who works at Circuit City who, you know, the main, if Dave Schilling didn't do that murder, Billy Crystal certainly did. Yeah. Um, uh, also, Adnan is totally guilty. Let's just just for the record, Adnan did it. he murdered gotcha. that girl. I was yeah. <laughs> it's it's very clear, um, and- not in doubt at all. Also, that Bergdahl guy, no one cares. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Sean Billy Crystal. Hosted the Legends Luncheon on Sunday, mm-hmm. where they sat down all of the NBA's greatest legends mm-hmm. and then made them listen to 12 minutes of Billy Crystal doing stand up? He's Question also mark? wearing a really weird jacket. We're both stand up comics, Sean. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you describe what Billy Crystal is doing here as stand up? Uh, yes. I don't... Here's the thing. We heard, we found out about this before the All-Star game, right? Didn't we find it, like, Saturday? Saturday, yeah, it was Saturday. Saturday morning. And I was, I was like, I watched part of it. I didn't no, no, it was Sunday. Part. It was Sunday. It was after the All-Star game. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And I was, after the All-Star game, I just remember thinking, like, wow, Kevin Hart, if nothing else has done the worst comedy routine <laughs> of All-Star Weekend. And it's close. I still think Kevin Hart was worse. Kevin Hart was worse because it they made people watch it. And he was in that sketch. That sketch right, but was like, one of the worst things I've ever seen. No one forced us to watch Billy Crystal. We did that of our own yeah, volition. So, in a way, Billy Crystal has won. Um, Sean, do you want to play a clip of Billy Crystal here? Yeah, I'll play one. We'll we'll put it in right now. Mm-hmm. 
I'm so happy and I'm really relieved to be here because during the trading deadline, there were rumors I was going to New York for Spike Lee. And because I asked Mr. Bomber, he said, hey, listen, nobody's safe except the condor. The condor. Have you seen the condor? It's not easy to be a comedian in the morning. That's why they're nightclubs, not day clubs. I hope it's the Chuck the Condor joke. <laughs> so, Sean, if you were, let's just say, Bill Russell. Yes. And you had to show up at a luncheon at, like, you're, like, 9,000 years old. Your body hurts mm-hmm. all the time. And you had, to, you had to show up at a luncheon at like 10.30 in the morning on All-Star Weekend. Yeah. How happy would you be that that was going on? Oh, Billy Crystal. Like, relevant as always, NBA. <laughs> Look, now, to be fair, Billy Crystal legitimately loves basketball. Yes. Um, he's, he's a lot been... of this, a lot of his... My a lot of his forget Paris. No, but a lot of his set was him explaining how he became a Clipper fan. Yeah, which was just like I couldn't become a Laker fan because I'm from New York. Mm-hmm. He could have said it in one sentence instead of six minutes, but you right. know what? He calls he calls Steve Ballmer Mister Ballmer multiple times. Uh. <laughs> uh, he shows lots of pictures. Of him through the years with other NBA players. Oh, great. Like him and a young Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Him and a young Charles Barkley. And a young him and Larry Bird. That is a picture that looks like it's from 1947. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're both, but Larry Bird is wearing his Celtics jersey, his Celtics uniform. And Billy Crystal is wearing a comic relief basketball uniform. Uh, I have no idea what year this picture is from, but it looks way older than it actually is. Uh, That that comic relief squad, though, they could ball. Oh, too bad we don't play the Warriors against people anymore. I know. Can you imagine that? Oh man! I mean, it's too bad. Without R.I.P. Robin Williams, but he was yeah an ama- he was an amazing improviser. He could do impressions of any basketball player. It was really <laughs> pretty stereotypical. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is ferocious. Oh yeah! Well, also amazing coach. Yeah, she really coached the coach. Knicks that season. Uh, they went from worst to first. Wow, that is true. And you know they, she's still available. Yeah, it's really a problem that no one has hired Eddie since then. Um, yeah, just show, goes to show you that uh, NBA still has a ways to go about uh, diversity hires. Well, um. one of the comic relief events was a comedy salute to Michael Jordan, who is somebody who oh, has boy. a great sense of humor. About <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know who was really good on that comic relief team? Couldn't play a lot of minutes, but just dominated. Louis Anderson. I was going to say Don Rickles. He was. 
Um, all right, we've talked about Billy Crystal too long, uh, but you know we'll check back in with that Billy Crystal set as the year progresses. I'm sure mm-hmm. um, we'll play you more of it if you want to see it in its entirety. Uh, it's on the NBA app. That's how I found it. I was looking for highlights, and one of the one of the highlights was just a picture of Billy Crystal, and it said, "Billy Crystal makes NBA legends laugh in all caps." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, here goes my night." Mm-hmm. Um, should, well, I guess we should talk about All Star Weekend now. I we kind so. of hit on the Kevin Hart thing. That oh, sucked. Yeah. Uh, the Fergie anthem also sucked. <laughs> Maybe game itself though, good, pretty good. Yeah, I would say that the Fergie anthem. Uh, would you say that was the horniest national anthem of all time? Right. No, Not the horniest it. national anthem of all time is. I get what she was doing. Mm-hmm. In '84, I believe Marvin Gaye sang the horniest anthem ever at the LA All Star Game. Oh, and so she was like, this It is... was an homage to that, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, but yes, second horniest anthem ever. And she also wet her pants at the end of it. That, a lot of people... Well... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think enough has been said about the Fergie anthem. I don't yeah. think we really need to... Um... Next year, the they're going to itself... have Terrence Ferguson do the anthem. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sean, what was your favorite thing about the All-Star game this year? What was my favorite thing about the All-Star game? Um, that, that it was close? I mean, whatever. I kind of don't really care. Me either. It's it's weird because, like, the the substitutions are such that... I was a little, I was a little frustrated that, um, like, Team LeBron, they were just like, all right, well, it's the last six minutes of the game... Let's just put in our best five guys. Yeah. And Mike D'Antoni's like, great, let's bring back my starters. Yeah. And it was like, no, don't. Like, <laughs> like it didn't. It seemed like one team was really trying to win the game. And the other, like, the other players on Team Steph, aside from James Harden, were really trying. <laughs> James Harden seemed very tired and upset the whole time. He seemed hungover. Let's say. Let's just straight up say. Here's what here's what James Harden's line for the game was. Uh nineteen shots. Mm-hmm. That's the most shots of anyone in the entire game on either team. He made five of them. He mm-hmm. shot two of thirteen from three. Mm-hmm. And what must have just crushed him zero free throw attempts. <laughs> I mean, just sobbing like he just felt lost. Uh, yeah, that was that was bad. Uh, and it seemed like, yeah, at the end of the game, they they like brought back in Joel Embiid, and then mm-hmm. took him out at the most crucial defensive possession. Embiid, I'm gonna say, Embiid and Towns, I think were Team Steph's two best players. Yeah, Embiid had 19 points. He had eight rebounds, he blocked two shots. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, 7 of 11, 17 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Embiid also did not turn the ball over once. Uh, I mean, to be fair, he didn't pass the ball very much. Uh, No, he had one assist. 
<laughs> but he also had a steal. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, at the end of the game, Mike D'Antoni's like, we got to get DeRozan and Harden back in this game. <laughs> I mean, I thought DeRozan played pretty well, actually. Um... I mean, he was fine. It's just like... <laughs> We've seen what happens when he has to play Paul George or James or Kyrie Irving. Uh, yeah, that was. Just... I'll tell you my favorite part of the weekend. Okay. Uh, the fact that the night before All Star Weekend, Tom Thibodeau played Jimmy Butler forty-one minutes. Wow. In a Minnesota Timberwolves game, so Jimmy Butler told Mike D'Antoni not to play him on Sunday night. So this is... <laughs> the question is, like, was this, was this like, the NBA's version of the concussion protocol? But for Thibodeau, <laughs> where they're like, look, he needs the time to recover. We just can't bring him into this All-Star game. It's too much. But I, I kind of think that Jimmy Butler pulled a Tim Lincecum. <laughs> he got way too drunk and couldn't play, even though the game was uh, five thirty. I think it's a combination of both. I just think it's hilarious that Jimmy Butler was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna. I actually need a break from playing basketball, <laughs> and not like a team. Like maybe if you're Tom Thibodeau, you maybe don't play the one guy on your team." other than Carl Anthony Towns, who has to play more this weekend on the night before the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I just... Like, maybe play him 32 minutes. But who plays zero minutes? Something happened. <laughs> I gotta say, that was a little bit of a blow to Team Steph. Obviously, <laughs> Team LeBron had a lot of injury things, but uh, Jimmy Butler playing zero minutes? Like, oh, man... <laughs> And I'm gonna say because of that, Chicago won that trade. They did. <laughs> that was that was what uh, Sean Hyken tweeted. Larry Markkinen comes in second in the skills challenge. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Butler zero minutes in the All Star game. The Bulls win the trade. Wow. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was a fine All Star. It was a fun All Star game. Like uh, I don't care about the all-star game i no. think i said this the other last week but, but i liked i liked the, i liked seeing guys go out and uh you know like like dame damian lillard was great he's like a perfect all-star game player um i liked seeing Giannis. you know paul george actually shot a little better than i thought uh oh i did want to mention special shout out to Will Weldon's favorite basketball player, Kyle Lowry. Uh, 0 of 8 from 3 in this All-Star game, and that's after he uh, registered 9 points in the 3-point shootout. That meant for the weekend, from 3-point range, 9 of 33, uh, with essentially no one defending him at any point in that. So, gotta gotta be looking forward to the playoffs if you're Toronto. Again, Demar, uh, no no objections to Demar Derozan's play. Uh, managed to get to the foul line a lot in an All Star game. That's 
kind of impressive, <laughs> right? Um, all right, I'm done talking about the All Star Game. Let's talk about what's really important oh, I do, to us. I do want to mention, oh. like, I, for for people like me who who don't believe in Mike D'Antoni as a playoff coach, right? This game is troubling. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I mean, it's troubling if you support D'Antoni, because I think that, like, fundamentally, he's, I'm not saying he's a one-trick pony, but there are many ponies with a much larger repertoire of tricks. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's fair. Um, all right, let's talk about the thing we actually care about, though. Yes. The celebrity game. Oh, the celebrity game. I thought this was a very good celebrity game. Uh, I agree. The best we've had in a very long time. Uh, I've never seen. I don't. I don't remember seeing like like I don't. I haven't like really looked at the minute totals before, but uh, it seemed like Team Quavo played a lot of minutes. <laughs> uh, Katie Nolan, the the coach of Team Clippers. Host of Sports, that podcast, mm-hmm. uh, really rode the stars. Yeah, she totally did. Uh, he played, thir- our MVP played 36 minutes. Brandon Which Sean Ar- called. What's that? Sean, you called Quavo was going to be the MVP. Yeah, I On our podcast last week. He's a really good athlete. <laughs> I, did, I did predict it. I thought he had the combination of, like, popularity and... Uh, Actually good at basketball. I heard people saying there was some objection. Oh, n- never mind. That's the Rising Stars game that people were talking about. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Brandon Armstrong played 30 minutes. Wynn Butler played 29 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Armstrong and Butler, I'm going to say we're chasing that MVP award pretty hard. I By thought it was I a mean, bad Brandon game Armstrong for Win. Six of seventeen. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't feel like I, Win Butler has had much better games in oh, yeah. the celebrity game. Uh, he had a rough threes. time. <laughs> yeah, seven and ten. Just didn't didn't get that many shots. Brandon Armstrong, a little bit of a ball hog. Yeah. Uh, that Canadian uh, sprinter, DeGrasse. Mm-hmm. He was really good. Yeah. You know who else was really good? The two K TV girl. Oh, yes, uh, Rachel Demita. Uh, I would say she... Don't you think she flopped on that, that block shot? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, that boxer, <laughs> Crawford, was playing mm-hmm. extremely hard. Uh, he missed all five of his three-point attempts. Let's talk about the worst celebrity in the game, though. Uh, uh, Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson was... Golf, he, professional golfer Bubba Watson was one of the worst players I've ever seen in the game. Uh, he was a ball stopper every time. <laughs> Played 15 minutes, finished with two points, three rebounds, one assist, and a foul. What did he his... shoot? He was 0 for 2. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He just... It was just a bummer. <laughs> yeah, he was, it was he really depressing. Like he was like, really taken aback by the whole thing and just seemed like, <laughs> spooked. Which is weird because he is a professional athlete. He is. Um, you can see definitely like white chocolate. Only took three shots. Uh, had an assist. You know that was that was. Fine. Did not attempt the elbow pass again, which I would have liked to have seen him do. Yeah, 
But it was, uh, it was nice fun when he tried to do it last year. <laughs> after he had such a terrible big three injury, it was just nice to see him on the court again. Yeah. Um, also, a couple surprise All-Stars joining the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, B. Michael B. Jordan. You'd think they would have tried to sell us on that Flea one. Lee played eight minutes. <laughs> I got to say, most of the NBA players were very, like, McGrady style of just, like, get rebounds, give the ball to someone else, you know, like you've been in the league before. Nate Robinson, however, played 24 minutes, mm-hmm. took 11 shots, sank a four-pointer, five <laughs> rebounds, four assists, second on his team in minutes. Did uh, not dunk, though. No, he he didn't dunk. That's too bad. Nick Cannon seems like he Ugh. might be at the end of the line, only played nine minutes, did not score. Uh, Paul Jerry Pierce. Ferreira is trying to take that take that <laughs> spot, right? Uh, Mark Lazry, your most hated Ugh. star, Fuck uh, Mark somehow Lazary. committed three fouls in his nine minutes. Uh, also missed a free throw very badly. Missed a three pointer even worse. Uh, Flea also scoreless. Did not. Almost did nothing. Only thing on the box score was a foul. We and, almost uh, club trillion. I do want to have a special mention to uh, Brandon Armstrong, YouTube celebrity. Uh, five fouls in a celebrity all-star game. That's, <laughs> That's that is really something. Levels. Those are Rappaport levels. It's unprecedented. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right, let's talk about the other Friday night event, the yes. Rising Stars game. How did you feel, Sean? You know, I just, as we predicted, the world kind of dominated. Yes. I heard some people arguing that Jalen Brown should have won the MVP of the Rising Stars game. His team lost by, like, 30. Yeah. I'd say, how dare you? (laughs) Also, the people who were like, LeBron James should be the all-star MVP, even if Team LeBron loses. And again, I say, no. (laughs) It's an all-star game. Like, oh, well, uh, he had the most win shares of anybody in the game. So, really just just give it to him. Come on, guys. I mean, LeBron did deserve the MVP, but that was because his team won. Yeah, he was the best player. The best player on the winning team should win an All-Star Game MVP. Yes. <laughs> you can't lose the All-Star Game and be the MVP of the All-Star Game. It would be like, what happened? <laughs> but yeah, now, that LeBron's being said, to play 31 minutes in the All-Star Game. He played great. He deserved it. But if they had not won, no. Now, that being said, uh, our... MVP of the game was Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes. Uh, do you feel like he deserved the MVP of that game? Was there a player on the Worlds that you like that you thought played better? Um, I think he would have been the guy. I mean, it's the the only thing is, uh, you know, he he is twenty five years old. Mm-hmm. But. You know, is that worse than Brandon Ingram in his third year still playing in the game? No. <laughs> uh, so other rising... Can I just give you a couple other Rising Stars MVPs that we have? Yes. It is a springboard to a ton of success. 
Clearly. Previous winners have been Kenneth Manimal Fareed. Tight. Tyreek Evans. Mm-hmm. Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Booby Gibson. Wow. Uh, the 2014 game. Do you remember that scoring battle between Dion Waiters and Tim Hardaway Jr.? <laughs> Uh, and Buddy Heald was kind of on fire in that game. It was a big. He, Kings he was. Weekend. It was a good. It was a good night if you're a Kings fan. Yeah. Except De'Aaron Fox did not look very good. I thought <laughs> he didn't look great. Well, that's why he was an injury replacement in the Rising Stars game. Uh, I gotta say, Bogdanovich, like when he was like shooting twenty eight footers, mm-hmm. it it did make me think. Why aren't we just seeing this all the time? From NBA players in general no, or Bogdanovich? From, from specifically <laughs> Bogdanovich on the 2018 Sacramento Kings, the um, worst team in basketball. <laughs> I mean, maybe it'll start. He reminded me of what it, <laughs> he looked like highlights. <laughs> this is a stupid thing to say. Okay. Uh, it for one night it appeared Bogdan Bogdanovich became uh, that dead guy from the New Jersey Nets. Oh, Drazen um, Petrovic. Drazen Petrovic, yeah. <laughs> for one night only, uh-huh. he was somehow somehow transported into Bogdan's body. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I'm glad that. Happened. <laughs> Um, all right, I don't have anything else I wanted to say about that game, except we were pretty mean to Dylan Brooks when we were talking about that game. Yeah. I thought Dylan Brooks played pretty well. You know what? He was the Pac-12 player of the year last year. And <laughs> no knock on him going in the second round. I mean, he, he was starting on an NBA team for most of the year. So, you know, like, who are we to say? But, yeah, he did, he, he played pretty well, I thought. Yeah, um, I, liked, I actually do like that guy. I just... And I guess you just want players from all the teams at All-Star <laughs> Weekend. Like, I, I, we sort of forgot about that, and it was, like, there were just weirdly a lot of Sacramento Kings involved, but, uh, well, yeah, and, like, like, somebody from Memphis should be there. Why not Dylan as, Brooks? As, for, as a former team of a, a fan of a really horrible team. Yeah. There were years when the the Rising Stars game meant a lot to me. What was what's I I think you know this. What's the greatest moment in Rising Stars history? Oh, it's when Jason Richardson uh Golden State Warriors shooting guard Jason Richardson uh-huh. bounced the ball off Carlos Boozer's face and then hit a 3. Yeah, he did. And Carlos Boozer never forgave him. No. No. <laughs> I mean, he shouldn't, but yeah. <laughs> um skills right, challenge i mean loved it good, good good that was a good skills challenge yeah our winners spencer dinwiddie love it yeah he's the most skilled player in the nba now so congratulations <laughs> spencer dinwiddie but yeah it was a, that was a particular that was a good skills challenge i thought i thought so uh i i mean we there were I think last year's was maybe better, but Embiid kind of wasn't very good in the skills challenge. (laughs) 
Uh, I knew Embiid was going to have trouble when I forget who tweeted this, but in warm-ups, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie apparently was the only one practicing the pass. Oh. Everyone else was uh, was uh, shooting threes, and Al Horford was dribbling around the men. Uh, <laughs> you got to get that pass, gentlemen. That's the most... It's the key. It's the thing that derails people every year. <laughs> it, der- it derailed Lowry. Yeah. Uh, also, NBA players love jacking up threes. They just do it all the yeah. time. <laughs> it's not something where you're like, hey, you got to you gotta warm up your three-point range. It's like, no, just left to their own devices. That is what NBA players do. But you know what? That's not even just an NBA player thing. No. Though. If you hand me a basketball and it's an empty court, guess what I'm doing? Jacking up threes. Yeah, exactly, because it's awesome if you hit a three. <laughs> Um, all right, our next our next Saturday, uh, the three-point contest. How would you feel about the three-point contest? I thought it was real shitty. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Kyle Lowry was bad. Paul George was extremely bad. Especially because he said ball game after every shot. Yeah, that was weird. Uh. So the Gatorade commercial about him winning the three-point contest will be really fun to watch during the first round of the playoffs. This year. <laughs> Oklahoma City is eliminated. Uh, do you think how much I, the, the smart thing that team LeBron did is, uh, just riding the Paul George, Russell Westbrook combination. Mm -hmm. They managed to get, uh, two guys who really wanted to beat Steph Curry and we're going to have no other opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. So them like Kyrie getting revenge like it made a lot of sense the line yeah had out there um but yeah three-point contest sucked this year I, I felt I would have liked to have seen Wayne Ellington try a little harder <laughs> uh Devin Booker was was awesome though we got a yeah that's the final round was good yeah. but to get to the final round just like when I everybody's mean... scoring like 16s and 17s it's yeah kind of like just feels we like got should... single-digit numbers, man. It feels like they should be better at shooting from a rack. But again, it could be uh, L.A. nightlife. I also... Look, this is a controversial opinion. Uh, but uh, I need two less less people in the three-point contest. <laughs> oh, that they don't need eight? Yeah. Let's go six. Yeah. What if and you... put the extra two people in the dunk contest if yes. the dunk contest is only going to be two rounds. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So the dunk contest features a total of 12 dunks. There's right? there's not enough dunking in the dunk contest anymore. There's two round, four people doing two dunks each, and then two people doing two more dunks each. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So 12 total dunks. Yeah. Just run it. Like there's plenty of there's plenty of places to time. trim it down time wise. I mean, I don't even care about the time part. Like I'm watching look, I'm and I might be in the minority in this. I know people always claim the dunk contest sucks, but I even love a sucky dunk contest. It's you a fucking a dunk contest. I wanna see as many cool dunks as possible. Yeah. And four people Doing two dunks ain't doing it. 
Well, also, if somebody like hypothetically Victor Oladipo uh, eats <laughs> it on their first dunk, it's like over. Yeah. <laughs> what if What if it was like, you know, three dunks, you drop your worst score, and then like yeah. if you did two good dunks, you can pass or whatever. But let's just get more dunks. Yeah, like, it seemed like Dennis Smith, I'm going to say, I don't think Dennis Smith Jr. knew the rules of this year's dunk contest. Because he, he played it a little safe when he didn't make he that dunk to begin with. He played it super safe on he, his first dunk. Because he, well, it was because he was like, all right, if I if I don't land this dunk, my dunk contest is over. Yeah. So I'm going to do something that I can definitely make. And that's not but, really what you want in a dunk contest. Like, and then in the second round, he did the best dunk of the dunk contest. Yeah. But then we did not get to see him dunk anymore. Right. That's ridiculous. Like, eh, that's enough. <laughs> like, I I do think the correct person, Donovan Mitchell, won the dunk contest. But it's a weird thing where I don't think he had one of the five best dunks in the dunk contest and still won the dunk contest. Uh, I thought Larry Nance was great. And even yeah. though everybody knew he was going to wear his dad's old jersey, uh, I like that he wore the Suns jersey. I mean, obviously he won the dunk contest in the Suns jersey. Yeah. And he incorporated an NBA classic halftime performer. Yeah, quick change. And that's great. So... Yeah. Uh, that's also something I would like to see in the dunk contest. Make one of the rounds. <laughs> use an NBA halftime performer. So who do you think, so, who would you use? I mean, you got to go with Red Panda, right? Yeah, so would she, like... She's throwing an alley-oop on her unicycle from her foot over her head. That's awesome. To me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's uh, great. She's got a brand new people... unicycle. <laughs> Other people I would use uh, the the uh, middle school children playing basketball. Oh yeah, uh, and they've got playing just a game, and I just run through them and dunk really hard. <laughs> That's good. I like. I love. The, I mean, middle school children playing basketball is my favorite halftime act. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that dog, the frisbee dogs. You could do something with them. You could jump yeah, over like, three big ones. Glenn Robinson the third. What about the amazing Sladek? Could he He's bounce a Sladek. ball off one of his chairs? No, that chair's gonna fall. Those chairs are not heavy. So you could, uh, yeah, it's just too awkward. They're those chairs are very light. You see him stacking those chairs up. They ha- those chairs are light enough where he can carry them while he's climbing up chairs. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's true. I mean, he's he's very fit, but yes. He could maybe drop you an alley-oop like that drone from his Tower of Chairs. Oh, well, that'd be cool, but it seems a little risky. I mean, his tower is too tall to jump over, too. Yeah. His Tower of Chairs. Uh, but you could definitely dunk over those uh, balance, those silver balancing men. Those guys. <laughs> I feel like that would be... Like, people would not I'm... know how to handle that. I mean, they're certainly taller than Kevin Hart crouching crouching down. Yeah, that was... <laughs> so Donovan Mitchell got a 50 
on a dunk where he dunked over Kevin Hart, but Kevin Hart was kneeling down. Yeah. How, how tall is Kevin Hart? Like 5'5", five, five, right? Maybe Could less. Kevin Hart at least be standing during that? Is that so much I would to think ask? so. I mean, didn't... <laughs> I, people... <sighs> yeah, yes. I mean, he didn't... Now, to be fair to Donovan Mitchell's dunk, he did take off from very far away. Yes, but just um. <laughs> visually, when you're having Kevin Hart dunk, duck. And two children, duck. Yeah. Also, uh, I guess I guess we didn't know at the time that less than 24 hours later, <laughs> America would hate Kevin Hart. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, you know what? I got to say, Kevin Hart, um, someone asked him to do that. Someone approved that sketch and someone cast Rob Riggle. So like (laughs) there's blame enough to go around also for the musicians. So I know I don't, I guess, I guess I would say I don't really feel like it was Kevin Hart's fault, necessarily. I don't think it was even Rob Riggle's fault, or Adam Devine's, or Queen Latifah's. It was just a terrible idea. Yeah. (laughs) It sucked. All right, um, but in the future, I would like to work with any of those people. Yeah. Uh, It's none none of your faults, everyone. Just a misconceived, sometimes ideas just don't work. That's true. Uh, it's no one's fault. And uh, you know Billy what? Crystal, you know what? on the other hand, I will never work with you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you blackface-wearing cretin. All right. Yeah, um, just everyone should remember that at the Academy Awards, uh, Billy Crystal in appeared. In 2014 or whatever. <laughs> it was not very long ago. Um, blackface. Okay. Anything else you want to bring up about All-Star Weekend, Sean? Um, just, I mean, like, I think I think everybody has the right attitude about the dunk contest now. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good dunk contest. It wasn't a great one, but it was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. Good dunks. And more that, dunks, though. More dunks. More dunks. Three rounds. Uh, if you're going to have four people make it three rounds... Yeah, just just have There should three, be three rounds anyway. Three dunks and then the finals. If you want, make the final one dunk. But sure. It needs more dunks, man. Yeah. More dunks there, per person. It's almost good. It's almost perfected, I feel like. Yeah. They're very close. People have the right attitude. Oh, weirdly uh Oh, those judges. judges. We got to talk about the judges. Like uh, what's NBA? You're so going to be normally, a woke league. Mm-hmm. You can't have one of the guys judging your dunk contest be a guy who blinded a Vietnamese man. Uh, we're talking about Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all. I mean, that's not that strict a vetting process. I don't think. <laughs> like. But, like, but if also, you're no longer going to have a panel of NBA legends and in fact are only going to have one nba player at all yeah like what you know it put a lot of pressure on dr j 
who yes. is usually a difficult judge in a dunk contest. But at this point, he's like, DJ Khaled is such a wild card. DJ Khaled was given, like, sixes to very good dunks. And, you know, like, I just... Does Chris Rock really need to judge the dunk contest to promote <laughs> his Netflix special? I think we're, we're going to know. <laughs> and again, like, Chris Rock, like, legitimate basketball fan. Uh, I liked having Lisa Leslie. No objections to that. Mm-hmm. Wahlberg was weird. I mean, not just because he blinded a Vietnamese man. But that should be a deal breaker. Here's, okay. I'm going to add a thing. If you want a celebrity judge in the dunk contest, here's what you got to do. Celebrity dunk contest. Oh, wow. Eight foot rims. Uh Uh-huh. Make those celebrities be the best dunker then they can judge the dunk contest god a celebrity dunk contest i mean i want to see i want to see the coach dunk contest celebrity dunk contest is pretty good yeah that would be great also our saturday should have more dunking that's all i'm saying it's the cool what is the best part of basketball I'm saying professional basketball. No one's like, oh, the teamwork of a college team getting together and learning how to run a zone. Uh, pretending gonna... that Jim Beheim is a genius because he gives people money. Man, college basketball's going down. Uh, yeah, dunks. Dunks are the best part. More dunks. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's the title of this episode. Uh, more dunks. More dunks. Um, uh, and and to to another friend of the podcast, Corbin A. Smith. We're sorry that once again, no one did the shit dunk, which is a that's dunk. That's more that of is... an in-game dunk, I think. Though. Oh, I guess that's right because in the contest you'd just be confused. It would be like the birthday cake dunk where people just didn't understand what was happening at the time, no matter how clever and powerful. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's all we had about the, that's enough of all-star weekend. Okay, Sean. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take the rest of this week off cause there's no basketball till Thursday. Yeah. Listeners heads up, heads up uh, guys. Unless, I mean, I guess uh, some emergency thing could happen, I guess, but hopefully not. Yeah. Phil might get back with Genie Bus. Um, oh, my right, God. Um... That's like seven podcasts. I can't even. Uh, all right. I want to ask one more thing, though. Yeah. We're coming into the home stretch here yeah. of the NBA season. Give me one wild prediction for what you think is going to happen here. A wild prediction. Well, it doesn't have to be wild, but give me a prediction. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think I think what might get kind of crazy is the the kind of race for the bottom. Because right now, um, the worst team in the league record-wise, it's a tie between uh, the Hawks and the Suns are both 18 and 41. But 
the Mavs are only half a game better. The Magic and the Kings are only a game better than that. Memphis yeah. is eighteen and thirty-eight. Brooklyn's nineteen and forty. Yeah, There's the like, Nets, which every Boston fan will tell you that pick's not going to be that good. Yeah, are like one game out from the first pick in the draft. Yeah, and uh, yeah, which you know that that would be a good enticement to keeping LeBron James as a first <laughs> pick in the NBA draft. Uh, it would make Danny Ainge never make a trade again. Uh, and the Knicks, I think what will be interesting with the Knicks is they are ready to go in the tank. They're five games out of the worst record. They've lost mm-hmm. eight, in a, eight in a row. Yeah. There's How a problem low that, could they go? Like problem with that, though, Sean. What's that? It is, there's a problem with that, though. It is not in the Knicks' nature to tank. I'm I'm just saying, like, they've already lost eight in a row. And right. Porzingis is out. Like, we really could see the Knicks. There's only – it's weird that the All-Star break is so late. But the Knicks only have 23 games to go. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think they might go 2-21. and 21. <laughs> I really do. They have no talent. Um. Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be upset that when he hears this bar mitzvah man, but like, I mean, I could I could easily see the Knicks convincing Tim Hardaway Jr. to get like like almost every player in the league could get like a knee surgery to clean something up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder I wonder if they just we saw the Golden State Warriors do this at the tail end of the 2010 no 2011 right. 2012 season when like. David Lee had a minor surgery that he just did on, like, March 1st or something. Yeah. Um, that's what I could really see happening. So that's that's the team that's going to be, like, aiming the plane into the side of the mountain. Whereas <laughs> I, I, ju- I don't think the Lakers will get that bad. Well, they don't have their pick, right? Yeah, there's no reason for them to tank. Uh, the Bulls, I think, are kind of going to win a little bit. Oh, that would be so depressing if I you're think, a Bulls fan. But I think they're, I think they're like, I mean, I kind of agree with that philosophically, but it's still crazy. So, like, the teams that are like outright tanking, there might not be as many of them. I think we're gonna see a lot of crazy tanking because the lottery rules are gonna change before this one. Oh yeah, before yes. the, so this after is this the only season. time you can. I just think that we're this gonna like, have. This is the like party at the end at the end of pro- that prohibition ended. Yeah, or before prohibition for tanking. So the bottom four teams in the West are going to tank really hard. Yes, which is Memphis, Sacramento, Dallas, and Phoenix. Uh, Orlando, who knows? But the Bulls they have and, to right. The Bulls and Nets are going to try to win. So it's really like. The Knicks are this dark horse team. Why do you think the Bulls are going to try and win? Because, like, uh, they they kind of... I think they believe they already have a core of young players. Because they've got Levine, they're going to re-sign. Chris Dunn is playing well, except for with his mouth and keeping him <laughs> inside. And Lowry's there, and, like, Robin Lopez is just a pro. I just don't. I just don't think they're going to intentionally lose games like the team just plays too hard 
I think they've got a tank specifically. I mean, they should. But I just don't think they're going to do it. It doesn't seem like that's what they're doing. Man, that is depressing. Um, but I yeah, mean, dude. I like I like getting young players and having them try to win. Like that's I, I don't think that's a bad thing for your team. But like, yeah, a team like a team like the the Hawks has like no future long-term pieces right well now. john collins yeah and the rest That's of it, it is yeah. like you know they're buying out their vets and stuff but they're they're like a perfect tank squad you know yeah. the coach has a lot of job security and th- that's the other factor with the bulls like i just don't i think fred hoiberg is probably better off personally shepherding a 30 win bulls team the Kings have their pick this year, right? This is the last they time they have it. Yes. For like three years. The Celtics <laughs> get it in 2019. So the Kings have to tank bad right now. I don't think the Kings have a choice, though. They, like, <laughs> it's it's crazy because they're, they are 18 and 39, but they should be so much worse. Like, they're good in close games. <laughs> so so I, you're saying the Kings are fucked again. I do. I do. Um, I also think... Um, God, it's a real logjam in the East. I think... This is not that bold a claim, but I think the Toronto Raptors are going to hold on to the one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could really, I think, I think Victor Oladipo is going to tail off just yeah, because he's I had like a large workload. And I think he's maybe that, that's my boldest claim is that I'm going to say the fifth, the currently fifth place Indiana Pacers are going to miss the playoffs. Whoa. Yeah. Um, my wild and crazy prediction is uh everybody's predicting the jazz are gonna make the playoffs mm-hmm. uh i do not think they're gonna make the playoffs <laughs> they're currently uh, a game and a half behind the pelicans and two uh, i games think donovan mitchell who's been so great and is mm-hmm. like a real great star for them i love it uh i think he's gonna hit a wall here all right well they have one they won 11 in a row going into the break <laughs> And I also don't trust Rudy Gobert to stay healthy. Uh, who do you think? Who do you think are? Do you think the Pelicans make the playoffs or the Clippers? I think it's the Pelicans, baby. The I think Clippers Anthony Davis this? drags them there. Oh. Yeah. Right. These are these are good bold claims. Do you think the Rockets hold on to the number one seed? No, God no. <laughs> also, won ten in a row going into the break. So, congratulations, Houston Rockets. Good luck in the second round. Um, I have another prediction. Yes. I don't think we're seeing Kawhi Leonard this year. Wow. Is he, do you think he's mad at the team? No, I think he's just hurt. Yeah, I think he's just hurt, too. <laughs> and I mean, at a certain point, if you're the Spurs, it's like... Well, we just have Kawhi take this year off. Man, I think he's I think he's back for the playoffs, but I think we could see very, very little of him. Absolutely. But you know what? It's Lamarcus's show this year, and that's great. 
<laughs> it's what he's always wanted. It's what he's always wanted. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. That's good. Sean, what would you like to plug? The business every Monday night at Little Joy in Echo Park. Uh, did you write anything this week? Eh, just some Oscar gallery stuff. <laughs> uh, who's going to win the Oscars, Sean? Um, I'm going to say Gary Oldman. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, as for me... I you can always follow me and on Twitter at Frankie Muniz where this week I tweeted hey at Uber and at Lyft just because someone has a pulse and a driver's license shouldn't be the only requisite to drive for y'all it's getting ridiculous how hard it is to get a ride worthy of anything above a one star rating whoa wow that's harsh Frankie right? fuck you dude he hates the service industry <laughs> he hates working man the working man all right um <laughs> Trust the process. Trust the process. Shut it down. Let's go on a four-day vacation. See you next week. (laughs) Success in life comes when you simply refuse to give up. On a mission so strong that obstacles like failure and loss only act as motivation. I mean, like, no one has the power to shatter your dreams. Unless you give it to him. Yeah, I go from tragedy to majesty. The victory has been woven into my tapestry. My adversary's not cut from the same flag as me. That's why the champion's gonna be who it has to be. This ain't the type of opportunity that just appears. I made it here because I shed blood, sweat, and tears. To get the title, I forever have my sights on. This is where I become an American icon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.